This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hey, everybody. I am so excited to bring you Erin Panzarella. I met her in the, you know, I talk about meeting people in these online groups, and this is no exception, but it's different than all the others. So, so far I've met people in like running groups and women founders groups and even a perfume guy and a guy like David Goggins who's overcome. Erin and I, and those are all Facebook groups. Erin and I, I met Erin because she posted on Reddit, which I've talked about a lot on the podcast, but I haven't actually had a guest on the podcast from Reddit. Erin had posted a self-improvement post. I guess she'll talk about that. I thought it was really enlightening and powerful and it really aligns with a lot of what I talk about at the podcast. So I figured I would bring her on and have her talk about her story and where she came from and how she got there and what she shared on Reddit, because I totally forget at this point. Um, It was all really, really good. Actually, I say that because I want to kind of make a foray into what's what's about to be. So Erin, thank you so much for joining. I'm so excited to be here. I was like so unbelievably happy when you messaged me. This is actually the first time I've ever been on a podcast. Um, I host my own podcast, but I've never been a guest on one. So this is really exciting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And this is totally a promotional vehicle for your podcast as well. So I'm excited to talk about that and to promote that at the end when we talk about like where to find you and all those things. So this is going to be really exciting. Yeah, I do remember that big, (laughs) too much content in my head, I basically would say. So where are you physically in the world and what do you do with yourself all day long these days? So I am physically in New York City. Um, I'm in Queens and my days are so different, but I also do work a nine to five job. Um, I'm an accountant for a nonprofit organization in New York City. I like to say that I am a soul having a human journey and that's what I do. (laughs) And it really feels so true to that because I have a lot of different hats, but I found that when I tried to define myself by like a job or something, I would get lost and get really consumed by that. So my day-to-day life like throughout the week is me working the nine to five and then also i have an energy healing business i'm a podcaster that's focused on shifting from a victim mindset into co-creator with the universe and sharing the tools that help me do that i am a writer and yeah i just it's ever evolving for sure (laughs) sweet sweet so first of all like i said erin and i we met on reddit i you know i have no background on her except for seeing her name and the post so i actually live in westchester so where in queens are you two gardens Uh uh-huh cool i uh, lived in forest hills for two years of my life oh my god (laughs) but my but my parents my mother's from two gardens hills so Oh, wow. Yeah. I walk there all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a small world indeed. Yes, it is. That's so awesome. Yeah. I've lived in four of the five boroughs. So, and now I'm, I moved myself out of the city into Westchester before COVID, which is helpful when you have four children and you need a backyard. Wow. Yeah, completely. I'm actually looking to move a little bit North in the Westchester or downstate upstate area. Well, let me know if you're looking into Westchester. I could, uh, I can either show you around whatever I know here, or we can uh, I can get you in touch with other people in other areas. So lots yeah, of, thanks lots so of, much. Yeah, lots of helpful community. In fact, Reddit has a community on Westchester as well, where it's very it's kind of dead, but there's conversations. <laughs> yeah, 
Awesome. Yeah. So, so let, I, I want to talk about, you talked about how you, your podcast uh, is about a shift from the victim mindset to someone who's really kind of taking charge in their life. Um, I guess that might be precipitated by something in your life. Uh, give me a little bit of background of like where that comes from, that mindset, that thought process. Oh my God. So yeah, it has been seriously a lifelong journey. So it goes back to many different things. Um, I have incorporated a lot of like different healing modalities. So like inner child work and shadow work because growing up, um, first of all, I'm adopted. So it really starts from there. I was adopted before I was born, but I've been learning through my healing journey that there's a really big abandonment issue that comes from that adoption. Mm -hmm. And as I unpack and I heal, I am noticing how prevalent those issues have come up within my life without me even knowing it. Um, all the work that I do is really focused on the subconscious thought and the unconscious thought and how they impact your everyday life. And I didn't realize that it was completely running the show. So I'm really working on shedding light on all the things that have impacted me. But aside from being adopted, um, 11 days before my fifth birthday, my first dad passed away. And even though I'm adopted, like my dad is my adopted dad. He's my dad and my mom is my mom. And when he passed away, like I said, it was 11 days before my fifth birthday. I completely flipped a switch, essentially. Um, I don't remember being a happy child. I don't remember any of that. I am now remembering as I go into my healing journey more, but everyone told me that I was the happiest kid ever and I couldn't access any of that for most of my life. So I always felt like I was like a sad person or I was never happy. And I'm realizing how untrue that is, but how big that grief impacted me for so long. So I really navigated in this victim mode for most of my life because I was just stuck in grief and I was having all these repressed memory, like regressed and repressed. I couldn't remember anything. And I just navigated like everything bad was going to happen to me because I felt like my life was just always bad and I couldn't see the beauty in my life and I couldn't see how privileged I was like I grew up really not wanting anything because my mom provided for me all the time um, shortly after my first dad passed away my second dad I don't it's weird to call them that like that's just how I have to reference them to be honest um but like it's my dad as well um he entered my life and he passed away six days before my 28th birthday in 2019 and just seeing how I dealt with that grief in a completely different way because I've been on this healing journey journey for quite some years it's just really shown me how much I've grown so navigating in that victim mindset and it we can talk about how much it manifested in so many different ways but i've really been able to transform the way that i viewed life and really be excited for life again and realize that i don't control everything but i can control what i do and really stepping into that power has been the most beautiful journey yeah wow that is very powerful are you just curious are you familiar with the adoption subreddit no okay so i i'm i'm not adopted but i wrote a book on uh i i guess you probably know your birth parents or do you no okay so because you mentioned you you it was it was organized beforehand so i i, I mentioned that because i i wrote the I, I published a book in 2019 
2018. Oh, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I, don't even, I can't keep track of anything. <laughs> the Adoptees Guide to DNA Testing. And it's because I was in that uh, ecosystem completely randomly. Um, I was invited to an Ancestry test uh, uh, party at South by Southwest. And at that party, they distributed tests, uh, free DNA tests. And I took one. And when I started, I, random uh, cousins of mine, distant cousins of mine, adoptees started reaching out to me. And I didn't know what to make sense. Like, I couldn't make sense of it where, how they would have, like they said, I'm trying to find my birth parents. I'm like, I don't really know how to solve that problem. But eventually I became like a sleuth and I helped all these individuals uh, solve a lot of these challenges. It's not always necessarily the adoptees themselves. It's sometimes their children or their grandchildren trying to say, oh, I want to learn more about my, you know, my birth great grandparents or whatever it is, or my birth grandfather. And a lot of people like, I don't know, I thought my father was who he was and he wasn't. And it was like, it's, it's a non, it's in DNA terms, it's called NPE, which is not parent expected or non-paternal event. And all of a sudden, like I was solving all these problems. So uh, our challenge is trying, you know, hel helping people figure out lifelong mysteries. And all of a sudden, like I found myself in this area, in this in this ecosystem that completely, like, I mean, it's it's like I, I get it. I totally understand that challenge of feeling like uh, that abandonment that you have, that's really manifested for a very long time and. Um, I think that for you personally, um, I like you could be such a source of comfort and, you know, and, and just w just with the five minutes that you've shared that, I mean, there's so much there that I think you, you should just, I don't know, perhaps participate in that community. I do to some degree. It's like weird because, you know, like I'm, you know, I, I wrote this book. I, I don't really like to make my way in, but I mean they're always navigating these challenges um, emotionally, particularly. Yeah. Wow. That is like so synchronistic. I can't even believe that, to be honest. Um, I actually just did my, I did like the 23andMe and then the Ancestry DNA. I'm waiting for the results for the, I'm getting more curious because yeah. initially I wasn't, and I don't know if that was, I was nervous about my mom and like how she would think, even though she's always been very open and like I have a letter from my birth mom and I think I have more information than a lot of people do. So I just think that's so amazing because I do know how it's not really talked about, I guess. Like I always felt alone. I didn't really know many adopted kids growing up. And I definitely believe that my path is definitely connected to helping either people who are adopted or people who dealt with childhood grief or who are dealing with grief at, as an early adult. So I definitely am connected to it like so much. And I know the issues that come up in those ways, especially regarding fear of abandonment, fear of loss, and how that manifested in my relationships without me even knowing why I was self-sabotaging or why I was doing what I was doing. And now finally, once I've done all this healing and really brought everything to the surface, I'm like, oh, that's why I did that. <laughs> that's why I tried to push people away because I was afraid and really honing in on that and realizing that that's not the way I have to navigate anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm happy to uh, help you with your particular journey. If you need to decipher some of this data, sometimes it's sometimes if you don't like, it sounds like your birth mother wanted to be in touch with you in, to some degree. So hopefully there's somebody there and you're going to be able to find things. You said you're waiting on your ancestry results, but you've got your, you had your 23 me results come through. Yeah, so I had the 23andMe like last year um, done, and then I actually found like a first cousin through it. Okay, did you find um, out who, how they're related? 
paternal maternal no i didn't i didn't really contact anyone because it's still like more of a curiosity and not really wanting to take action at this point yeah um but i definitely see how the curiosity is growing and i'm like thinking about maybe reaching out who knows um so i'm still kind of like letting intuition guide me of when the yeah. right time you, you know when ready. it's the right time um but i did i am the results are pending with the ancestry as well okay yeah, you know, what's interesting to me is that that first cousin hasn't reached out to you either. It's like usually one one usually initiates. So the question is, has that person checked in since they tested? Or is it they did and they don't like they know or they're they don't like, well, I, I'm, I'm curious from that side. I try to like I reach out to my cousins all the time. I have a second cousin that won't respond to me and it pisses me off. I'm just like, <laughs> and I had another one like that uh, about three or four years ago maybe more closer to five now at this point. And I pursued him and I kept messaging him and messaging him and messaging him. And he's finally like, thank you for your persistence. And he got so into it after we ended up talking on the phone for three hours. It turns out he is, his, um, his father looks exactly like my grandfather. Uh, his, his, fa- his grandfather was my great grandfather's brother. So we, we were able to make that connection, but like it took a lot of pushing and plotting and, prodding and urging and all these things. And now I have one like that again, and it just drives me nuts. So, you know, the reason why I mentioned that is because either the person hasn't checked, the person doesn't want to check, doesn't know how to use it, or they're probably going to be one of those passive people. So your curiosity is going to mount and they're not going to be receptive when you finally initiate. And that's what I potentially worry about. Not sure if I'm helping you in terms of your curiosity right now, (laughs) but I will say that most of these ancestry, especially on 23andMe, ancestry is a little better, but because it's such a wide, uh, such a big database, you really kind of get people across the board. Um, but 23andMe is more of like a very, it's like more of a passive test-taking audience uh, database of users. So I'm, I'm, I am curious, um, and I'm happy when you're ready, if you ever want to have me, you know, help you navigate I'm happy to do so. I know that, you know, it's extraordinarily sensitive. I've had to navigate those very sensitive topics. Um, but but I'm here and I'm here to support you emotionally as well because I know that at, especially in this type of thing, it is difficult and it's 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 challenging. And it's, it change, it, I don't want to say it changes anything, everything. I mean, for you because you have the awareness, but like when somebody tests and you're like, I've had to tell people that like their, half, their siblings aren't full siblings and they're half siblings and like that was like, obviously it, it changes your, the identity that you've known about yourself in that woman's case, like 64 years or something. So it's, it's, it's a lot to take in. And if you do need anybody, I'm, I'm here to, I'm here for you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. And I don't believe in coincidences. So the fact that this just came up right now, like it definitely like helps. Like I just, I really have been leaning into following what is presented in front of me instead of trying to force anything. Um, so I think that like, I don't believe in coincidence, like I just said, and I think that it's just like a beautiful way that the universe will bring us certain people or situations to help us figure out what next steps to take. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's funny cause I'm starting to realize that when these opportunities arise, even if it's like completely on a whim, I'm just like, I'm going for it. And you know, you don't have regrets when you kind of go ahead or I haven't, I'm, I've been like my last podcast, someone's like, you know, have you, I, I started reflecting back on some of the decisions that I've made. I'm like, I have no regrets on anything anymore. I just know I, I just have to go for it because you do, you have the regrets of the things you don't do versus the things you do do. 
yeah, that's, that's my philosophy anyhow. Yeah. I completely resonate with that. And I am learning to lean into going for it instead of being fearful of what will happen if it works out or if it doesn't work out. So totally agree with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let me ask you going to, I guess that kind of leads into the Reddit post that you had shared. If you want to give a little bit of background on like where you posted it and what the content was, that would be awesome. Yeah, sure. Hold on one second. Yeah, you have to pull it up. I've, I've had to do that. I pull up posts and I start reading them out loud. The big one for me is the non-zero day post. You, you might, you may or may not know it, but it's like the self-improvement subreddits are amazing and they're really, really, I know when you want to like get back to things and even the memes and the little images and the, and the little, the quotes there's, there might be cheesy to some degree, but you know, if you follow them, you buy by them, it, it is life changing. So I would love to have everybody, the listeners, me, you again, you know, reinforce that and share that. Yeah, completely. Um, so, I mean, I, I post on the self-improvement and deciding to be better all the time because I realized that I have so much information that has helped me that even if just one person reads it and benefits from it, I feel like I've paid it forward in some way. And just knowing my own journey and knowing how anxious and depressed and how really like helpless I felt in my life. I just know that there's other people who feel that way. I'm not alone in that feeling. And I kind of want people to have hope that they can get out of whatever mindset is really detrimental to them and feeling making them feel like they're a victim in their life. Um, I don't know if it was the post that it was either we attract what we believe we are worthy of instead of what we actually deserve or not having to find a purpose. <laughs> well, you could share both of those because both of those are in alignment with the podcast. So, by all okay. Means. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to read it? How do you want to go? Do you want to, you could read, summarize. I know one of them was long ish, you know, if you want to, whatever, whatever you want, it's totally, I'm, I'm going to leave it up to you. Okay. Yeah. So the one that I got a lot of traction was we attract what we believe we are worthy of instead of what we actually deserve. And truthfully, this one just like is such a huge shift for me. And that's why I wanted to share it. Um, I really discussed in it how I used to be a perfectionist and I would so tough on it myself. I was tough on if I did something and made a mistake, I felt like I was like the worst person in the world. And I would really ruminate on every single mistake that I made. I would regret everything I said, everything I did. And part of it is due to growing up, um, just feeling like whenever I made a mistake or whenever I did something, um, I would be punished for it. And that really kind of stuck with me thinking, like I had this huge fear of like authority figures growing up, like boss and it, translated into my adult life like I was afraid of bosses being upset with me I was afraid of even my mom still when I was out of her house like I was really just afraid that if I made a mistake then I was not worthy of someone's um, praise love attention and that stuck with me for so long and it really ties into that fear of loss and fear of abandonment thinking that if I'm not good enough this person is going to leave me and that has really manifested itself in like so many ways for me. Like my first dad who passed away, um, 
he had a whole family that was considered my family. Like I had siblings, like half siblings, even though it was like I'm adopted, but they were from his first marriage and they were a part of my life because it was my dad and his family. And then as soon as he died, they all completely cut off contact with me and I was five. So I internalized that thinking that I did something wrong, that I couldn't have done something to make them stay like happy birthday to me. My birthday was turning and it was like the worst like I didn't only lose my dad by death, but I lost my entire family essentially. And as I've healed and all of these memories are coming back to the surface, I realized why I thought that I had to be perfect in order to be worthy of anything. And really coming terms with the fact that no one is perfect and we all make mistakes. And if you make a mistake, it's actually a beautiful thing because it shows that you're doing something new. Like, I don't know if you can re like relate to this, but even with the podcast at first, I was like always going back editing. It was taking me a really long time to edit everything because I was so nervous that I was going to sound weird or do something that like people didn't like. And then eventually I was just like, you know what, whatever <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. it is what it is. And really leaning into the fact that I am worthy just for being here has completely shifted everything for me because I don't need to prove anything. I don't need to go out and people please. I don't need to go and navigate in this way that's trying to prove that I deserve to be here or prove that I need to be loved. And I actually show up way better in all of my relationships because I'm not trying to prove anything. I don't have an agenda. And it's really just leaning into the fact that all of us have made mistakes. All of us have a past that we internalize certain events and it made us act in certain ways. And instead of making that be this like detrimental thing and thinking that you are your past, you can actually just learn from what you went through and learn from the way that you responded to things and realize that maybe there's a better way to navigate. And once I learned that I can forgive myself and have compassion for myself and that I'm worthy, I literally have attracted so many beautiful things into my life. Awesome. Yeah, you definitely have to let go of those chains that we self-impose upon ourselves. Uh, you know, you're lucky you, you saw that now. I, I had to basically see that when I, in my later 30s, if you will. I don't want to say anything else. But yeah, <laughs> I, I hit, I hit a, I, I definitely became very vulnerable and was exploited, but it was, it was a lack of understanding. I was also a perfectionist, which if I look back at myself and I see myself as a perfectionist, I was a freaking mess in every way. And mm -hmm. now I'm like, I'm less of a perfectionist, but now at least I can like, I, I, I like myself. I wouldn't have said that about myself a few years ago. I couldn't say that. I, I like that. It's the way, you know, what you attract, it is how you become. And, and it's, it's eye-opening and we unfortunately it takes us such a long time to really get that understanding and we spend our 20s and some of us our 30s trying to navigate so much emotional strife and it's hard and obviously it's all built on what we've dealt with in our teens and in our youth uh and it's hard it's hard and you know one of the things when you said earlier when you were like five years old and you were like that you looked like the happiest kid but you look back and you don't you know, you don't think about that. It's hard. I start realizing as a parent, you know, dealing with children, like I also, I, I don't know if I had a super happy childhood. I, it's an uneventful childhood as far as I'm concerned, but you know, just 
it, it's scary when you bring a child into the world and like thinking that they're happy now, but what could precipitate, what could precipitate a change that when they look back, I'm not a happy kid. And I don't know, it, it, it's, it goes beyond just, I mean, your challenge, obviously your, your, your issues are extraordinarily relatable, but in general, you know, we, we're so imperfect and yet we embrace perfection and that perfection becomes, I think becomes a vicious cycle in all of us. So I don't really know what the, how to reconcile all this. I'm just kind of thinking out loud right now. It's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge, but it's so good that you've been able to overcome and like let loose from these, like I said, the chains of perfectionism and trying to be something that you don't necessarily need to be because you are who you are and, and you are meant to be here in the way that you are. And I guess, I don't want to say whatever happened was meant to happen. Maybe it was because like here you are and you're sharing that and you're providing strength and comfort to so many people. And yes, one person's benefiting a lot more than one people are like one person is benefiting. I mean, here we are sharing this. So completely. And today I actually wrote something and it was honor your journey. You wouldn't know what you know now without it. And I just know how true that is in my own life. And every time I've looked back and being like, Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. But like hindsight is 2020, you know, now that you should have navigated in a different way, but you didn't know because you didn't know, like, realizing you don't know what you don't know has been such a helpful thing for me. It's a NLP term. And I just really lean into that and just forgiving myself. Like I was so hard on myself. My internal critic was so loud and so harsh. And I realized that I need to start speaking to myself, like I'm my best friend, because I'm the only person that's like with me for the rest of my life. Like, would I say the things that I say to myself to my best friend? No, like I would be like, it's okay. You, you tried something new and it's okay if you made a mistake. Like I would be very kind to someone else. And I was like, why can't I show that kindness to myself? So now I am really dedicated to a practice that is showing myself kindness, showing myself compassion and forgiveness. And it's not letting myself off the hook for certain things, but I'm actually stepping into responsibility more and being a better person because I'm realizing that that's the way I want to show up. Right. Yeah. It's very identifiable. I like, that's sort of my revelation as well in the last two years that, you know, I'm showing up and I'm doing it in this way and I'm providing context in the podcast and sort of in my, the perfume that I launched and the content that I'm, promoting online and people approach me though people approach me because I do it and I talk about coming from a place of darkness people are like you sound so depressed but I, it's like they don't read the rest of the books it's like it starts from a dark place and then it goes to a, a better place and I'm here to share that everybody can come out of a place of darkness and come to a place of strength uh it's just it's, it's such an interesting spectrum and Obviously, Reddit's a lot, <laughs> a much more uh, appropriate place to post that versus LinkedIn, where I've been sharing things. Because on LinkedIn, people still want to be that perfect self. They're, I'm the perfect professional. I don't want to talk about the fact that I work from home and now my kid is screaming in the background. Like, I embrace that. I want people to be human again. And that's sort of why I've sort of migrated to, to LinkedIn and started to post there because we need to appreciate our imperfections in order to become more acceptable and friendly, like more approachable humans. Yeah, completely. I 
used to solely post on Reddit because I felt like Reddit understood me. <laughs> yeah, they do. Like, and it's, it's such a, like, the, the, the spectrum of people on Reddit, it's such a, it's everybody. I mean, you see, like, some of the challenges that people are navigating, like, I'm homeless, and then you have, like, and, but when you're on a different type of platform, like LinkedIn especially, it's, it's like, the household income is a lot higher. So it's such mm-hmm. a, it's, it's, the Reddit's the right place. Yeah. And like, I've really struggled with other sort of social media platforms because I felt like I was still stepping into like that fake, like, what am I going to do to get more likes, you know, kind of thing. And Reddit just like accepted me for who I was. I mean, I do get the occasional, like, you should go kill yourself kind of message. And I'm like, all right, I don't get this on other platforms, but Reddit has really, it's also just shown me how much I can help people by sharing because of how supportive everyone is or just everyone like commenting like, oh, wow, this really helped me. And I feel like I don't see that on other platforms. So I really have like a special place in my heart for Reddit. Yeah, it is such a great platform and it's such a nice platform because, you know, it's funny because when I started on the Dig and Reddit ecosystem, I don't know if you know about Dig, but in 2006, 2007, Dig.com and Reddit.com were the two highest uh, Reddit was always the front page of the internet, but Dig was always the, the site that got more of the visibility. And mm-hmm. it was all games. It was, uh, the algorithm was completely games. And all you needed to do is get a bunch of people to kind of uh, pat your back and up your, vote your content and you were on the front page of Dig. And I was actually one of the top users. I was at the at the top, at my, at my zenith, at my peak, I was at um, 42 on the top 100, which was like huge because I got to- to- tons of opportunity. Lots of people are like, help me promote my content which is, again, a completely game thing. And then Reddit never let you do that. And no. I think I think the Reddit top user, his name started with Q, and he, like, he, he was just huge, but, like, he, he was never given, like, this was all, it was it was him doing his own thing. And then it was us, like, we were like, you know, I scratch my back, you scratch your, whatever, I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of thing. Yeah, Reddit was able to, you know, withstand the test of time. And, like, I, I was just looking at, saw a Facebook ad yesterday for Charter, C-H-A-R-T-R.com, and it was talking about how, like, you know, Facebook has kind of, like, it peaked in December of 2012, and it's gone down. Uh, Dig, I don't even think was on there, but Reddit has been increasingly doing better and better and better, and it's attracting such a uh, an audience of so many types of people. So this is it's where, where to be. And, yeah, the subreddits you talked about, uh, I think you said deciding to be better and get motivated, or no, self-improvement. Sorry. Self-improvement, yeah. Yeah, so deciding to be better, one word, uh, is, is, you know, that's, that's, that's another one that I check. And yeah, there's also the get motivated one. Mm-hmm. And, um, the other one is non-zero day, which I talked about before, uh, the post that provoked that, uh, launch of that subreddit was, it was, it was, it, it's incredible. And it's something that I like to read. You need to like absorb it. You can't just read it. You need to really absorb it, but it's such a, it's so powerful. And it's, it's, it's just amazing that like, you know, there's this like-minded community of people who aren't like looking at, we're not looking. The thing I love about Reddit, and I, I was sort of getting into this before I tangent tangentized so much, but you know, we're not looking at images. We're looking at just names, and we're not judging. And like, people call me bro. People don't know people. They see your name. I guess they know your Tamar. Like Tamar can be go either way. I guess I don't really know, but. Aaron, like Aaron, well, Aaron can be, you know. Everyone Aaron thinks I'm like, a guy. Yeah, literally so, everyone thinks I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm ready. To, you know, I'm sure you get that too. Everybody does because that's what that's what they think. You know, like let's just default to the to the masculine here. Yeah, but I, and that's and it's 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 kind of helpful. <laughs> I don't know if it's helpful, but it's powerful because we don't we're not like 
using any type of images to convey some sort of uh, motive or anything like that. And, um, and, and it, it's like a level playing field. It really makes it a level playing field for everybody. And I talk about this all the time. Yeah, I really like it really is just such a great platform for me. And I'm like trying to dive into other platforms as like, like I build my business and I do other things, but I'm always like going back to Reddit. Like every time I do a social media cleanse, I delete everything except for Reddit. <laughs> because like, if, you, if you find the right groups on Reddit, it's not like it's necessary to have a social media cleanse. And that's another right. subreddit, the no surf subreddit. And I, mm -hmm. I, I follow that. Why do I follow that? I don't really know because I'm not going to know surf. But the thing is, if you find the right groups and the right communities online, it really, those social, it, it ends up cleansing you in a better way than a social media, social media cleanse would. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Cool. So let me ask you a, a question. You know, you talk about like your emotional well-being. Uh, let's talk about like self-care in general for you. What is, what are you doing for, for that um, beyond you know, posting and sharing, uh, you know, your journey, what is your self-care regimen comprised of? So I really have integrated a lot of practices lately that have completely transformed the way that I show up in the world and meditation daily in the morning. Like first thing when I wake up has been a huge help for me. It just helps clear my head. It helps me be more productive and then I'll occasionally do a night meditation as well um, I also do a daily celery juice um, it's really helped with my hormones and I always used to struggle with like, a bunch of acne so that has been like a daily self-care ritual that I integrated into my life around like three years ago and it's really helped just my health which I think it's all connected like the body mind soul like everything integrates so I definitely notice that when I eat healthier, or when I have these different um, little practices around what I'm putting into my body, um, I feel a million times better. I also do like a morning drink. So like I'll do a, it's called mud water. Um, so it's basically like a coffee replacement um, just because I was noticing that when I was having a lot of caffeine, I was very jittery, but I'll do it and I'll sip it intentionally. And I'll just like set my intentions for the day and what I want to feel throughout the day. And I journal a lot. <laughs> um, journaling sometimes looks like me completely complaining about something that's really bothering me or something really insightful that I'll either like keep to myself or post later. So meditating, my celery juice, my morning hot drink intentional and journaling are like my non-negotiables. And then I'll integrate a bunch of different other things that are like here and there kind of like maybe I'll do it like once a month or twice a month, like reading, like reading a bunch. I have so many different books that I read. So like, I'll go back to, um, the four agreements. I don't know if you know it. That's like a really helpful book that gives like four guidelines for life that I go back to a lot. Um, the alchemist is my favorite book ever. Yeah. And it's I like a fiction. to read that. I haven't read that yet. I need to. Oh my God. It is like, it's a, one of the books that, is formatted the way that I want to write a book. So I think that's why I love it so much because it's just like a quick fictional story that's just integrated with so many helpful messages and the way that they do it is like very artistic, I think. Um, so I just love the way that it's formatted and it's such a quick read that it's just something that I come back to all the time. Um, 
and yeah, and then I just incorporate like other small things. Like my best friend hosts a moon circle, which is like kind of cool to just set intentions and she does journal prompts and things. So that's something that I incorporate like uh, once a month or she does it twice a month sometimes. And yeah, so my practice looks different every day, but I have those like four non-negotiables and then the rest is very fluid. Yeah. Yeah. The intention thing is so important. And I talk about that also through my fragrance. You know, I, you don't know my story about this too much uh, besides what I introduced you to before we started the podcast. But um, mm-hmm. my whole idea is that perfume saved my life. It brought me out of a depression. And nowadays, the whole idea of having my perfume is that you put on perfume with an intention. You apply the perfume at that moment and you revisit that scent throughout the day. Thankfully, it's on your person. So you're actually able to get that experience and it lasts. And if you revisit that consistently because of the longevity of the perfume, it could hopefully, it'll manifest in your life and it could change your life. So it's very different than what anybody is uh, preaching in the perfume world right now. And it's very disruptive. And it's also, it's because of that, it's, it's extraordinarily scary uh, to have me do this um, because it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's different than, than anybody like in Sephora. And I, it's almost like, I, I don't even want to pitch to ever be, uh, feature there because I, this is just too wellness for them. For them, it, that's just beauty, and I don't necessarily see myself as beauty slash wellness. It's more like mental health slash wellness. So completely, yeah. But it's it's yeah. I, I sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I truly love that, and like also the olfactory sense is like very powerful. Yeah. Um, just I know in terms of memories, it's very good with triggering memories. So I think that connecting an intention with the smell is like such a important thing that I feel like that's amazing that you thought of that. Like, I think it's like so mind blowing to be yeah, honest. It is. It is. And the crazy thing is if there's ever anybody ever listening to this, that knows and can get me in touch with a researcher, I've been trying for over a year now, actually for almost two years to find a researcher to study this because I am so convinced that it will work. I just need other people. It's like, I want, I, you know, Launching this brand and saying this anecdotally is all really nice. It's all well and good. But if I can show some science behind it and have the scientific method actually do a little more than validate, you know, to, to truly validate my hypothesis, I mean, this could be a game changer for so many people. And so I'm, I've, I had my last phone call on Friday. She's like, talk to all these people, which is more helpful than anything, but I have no idea where to go from here. And it's kind of, you know, all the people were, it, right now, especially because of COVID, a lot of mm-hmm. people lost their sense of smell. So it's so much, it's even more important, but it almost feels like it's un- insensitive to, to do this research in that context. So I have to, you know, I'm trying to tread carefully and be very sensitive to the challenges that uh, a lot of people are dealing with right now. And, but, um, but I think that maybe that's, it's beneficial because it put the, struggle of mental health and, and scent in the spotlight it's just a matter of navigating it in the right way yeah completely and I think that it's just like all things it's a balancing act and really like your intention is so good with it that I think that even if people were taking it the wrong way or it, it is insensitive like you being aware that this is the current climate of the world right now I think it's like such a beautiful thing and I I just I truly believe when your intention is pure behind something that it's like it's okay to move forward yeah 
yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll get there. So it, it's going to be a slog because it's been harder than I thought. It's hard, especially because scent is such a neglected sense, but COVID kind of brought it forward and we'll just see what happens. And hopefully I'll find somebody in due time who's willing to take this on and work with me and I'll get a grant and get some studies and research out of it that truly validates it all. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely think about it in terms of like, I mean, I've used essential oils for a very long time um, and how aromatherapy is becoming very prevalent in hospitals now. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about it in terms of that yeah, a lot avenue. Of people say that to me. A lot of people say that to me, you know, and they're like, how is this different from aromatherapy? And my response is you forget that it's there as soon as you walk into the room <laughs> and you carry this on your person, you put it on in the morning and in, at night, if it's, if it actually lasts, you know, you'll be able to still smell it and be able to revisit that intention. So it's very different. Um, and, and it's, such a minimal invasive minimally invasive it's just a spritz and that's it and go right the day. yeah anyway yeah so um let me ask i have one question that i would want to ask you and that question is if you can give an earlier version of erin a piece of advice what would you tell her it's okay to feel whatever is coming up and it's also okay to let those feelings go it's powerful. like i just I'm really practicing that I guess that's another self-care practice is like letting the feelings come up, but also not attaching to them. Um, and I think that even with my grief journey, like I was like, wouldn't let myself feel anything at all. Like I was like, Oh, I have to be the strong one. Everyone comes to me for advice. So how can I be the one who breaks down, blah, blah, blah. And I also think that there was a fear. Like if I started crying about something, I would never stop. But the truth is, if the emotions do stop if you feel them and let them come up and then they also subside like it's an ebb and flow and you're meant to feel the emotions I don't think we would be here I don't think we would manifest ourselves here on this earthly plane if we weren't supposed to feel everything so I just would send to my younger self like it's okay to feel everything and it's also okay to let go of it right yeah and it's such a, it shows such a level of strength to be able to let go of it. Cool. Definitely. Yeah. So where can people find you, your podcast, follow you? Um, so I have a, um, I like, I have a bunch of different lengths, but I have a website, www.erinpanzarella.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Erin Panzarella. You can find me for my podcast, it's called Everyday Perspectives. And again, it's about shifting from that victim mindset into co-creator and the different tools that I've used along the way. It's definitely evolving because <laughs> I feel like I'm changing every moment. So it's a lot of self-help, but also blending like the spiritual part of my life as well. So it's definitely evolved since the beginning. Um, I think like I'm releasing, I actually released an episode today. I think it was episode 36. Um, so we're growing and it's coming along and I absolutely love it. It's like such a beautiful thing to do for sure. Um, I'm on Reddit, Erin Panzarella. And yeah, I mean, if you can provide the links to people, I'll share everything that you need for people to get in touch with me. I love connecting with people who are interested in improving themselves and really just showing up as they are. So I would love for anyone to reach out. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll definitely include all these links in the post notes, which will probably be transcribed. And I'm excited to get people to, you know, to follow you. I mean, you definitely are an embodiment of resilience and strength and so much more. 
So I am grateful that you were able to share yourself here, to open yourself here. And I, I genuinely hope and people take take you up on following you because there's so much you can so much value and light that you can shine in on, on other people's lives. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for saying that. It was a pleasure speaking with you and thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, I think this is such a beautiful thing and I'm so happy we connected. Yeah, yeah. Please, please be in touch for sure. I am like I would love to help you navigate those that territory, that crazy territory, that unfamiliar territory, but I'm, I'm here to support you in every way. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Well, okay, so I'm gonna assume it's over, and I know you have a meeting soon, but I hope I hope that wasn't too bad. No, it was great. Thank you so much. You made me feel very comfortable. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, like I said, so it's very chill, so. Cool. <laughs> and if you ever, if you ever want a guest on the other side, I'm happy to ever to guest on yours, but I'm not gonna, Trust myself. <laughs> Sometimes I do it, but not not now. But no, no, of course. Yeah, I will send you. So I have like a schedule that um, I will send you over a link, so you can just sign up whenever, whatever time works for you. I know that you said that you, your children are home later, but um, yeah, hopefully, if, if, it's, can... if it's easier for you, I'm gonna work on your schedule. I know, and I appreciate you working on mine because yeah, you probably have to go back to work in five minutes. So. Again, yeah, you might you just might have you might have to hear them, so I'm gonna warn you in advance. <laughs> okay, yeah, no worries, but I'll send you all the information on how to get into, uh, how you can schedule that, and I would love to reconnect again on the podcast and also in other ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. You are you on are you on Facebook? We can message there. You can send me the image there because Skype isn't the best for that. I don't. I don't. I, I can't imagine you actually use it more than just for this. Uh, no, I can definitely send you on Facebook. Yeah, um, you, you can send me a message. You don't have to send me a friend request. I don't necessarily, you know, want to, you know, whatever. But um, you can message. You can message me there. That's just facebook.com slash Tamar Weinberg. If you, I think you might not be able to even message me. And then and then I can get your a, a photo that you feel comfortable sending. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you. All right. I think I found you in the first one. I got you. Okay, great. All right, I sent you a message. It might be in your other uh, inbox or your um, yeah. spam folder, so just make sure. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, awesome. I found you. Okay. Cool, cool. All right, we'll talk soon, and we'll, and please – okay, good, you got it. Um, yeah. Please, please send me a photo when you can. I don't know when this is going to go live. I have to get it edited first. It's not too much editing, but there was a little bit of noise in my background that I might have to edit out. Um, so – Maybe next Tuesday, but I don't want to say for sure. Okay, yeah, no worries. Just let me know, um, and I'll send it over the picture. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg, of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time, 